We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Road of His Baseball Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. I'm going to be having part two of a recent FFPC draft myself and Zachary Kruger participated in. We drafted from the 104 spots, so some of you may have heard already part one. That did drop previous to this one. If you want to go back and listen to it, if you haven't already, you'll get the full continued draft as we go. We'll be in the back half of the draft here as we head to the final stages, kind of from the mid-rounds to the final stages. So hopefully you're going to enjoy listening in this is in the ffpc never too early best ball tournament and uh, the top prize is twenty five thousand dollars and that if you want to find out more information you can head over to my ffpc.com but we did originally have this up on the youtube stream we will have more streams coming so please do head on over and hit that subscribe button over at youtube.com on the road of his feed we do appreciate that and of course as i mentioned previously on this if you are listening to this on the road of his main podcast feed we do have an exclusive best ball feed called the road of his best ball show head on over it click subscribe on that it does help us out a lot uh, with the extra subscribers across the entire network and uh, we will have exclusive best ball content coming your way on the road of his best ball show feed myself and zach will be coming back with more shows and we'll also have other podcast content that is best ball related posted there also so let's get straight into it now though back to the draft we are just a couple of uh one pick away here Derek Carr goes off the board he was going to be in my discussion here so who are you looking to to make the case for well I mean if we want to go quarterback here you're probably looking at this point in time uh, between going to a Ryan Tannehill and, and just feeling good about that I, I don't know if I really want Trevor Lawrence Matt Ryan, I, I have I have questions about just in terms of what he can actually offer a roster uh, from a fantasy perspective. Even though he has probably improved significantly in terms of his offensive line that he's behind, I just I don't love what I've seen out of Matt Ryan the last couple of years. I think that someone like Tua or even Ryan Tannehill presents a little bit more upside. I also like that we can stack Tannehill with AJ Brown and kind of you know corner some of the points in terms of um, in terms of getting that stack and then. Running back, it's not a lot of guys who I'm loving right now. Alexander Madison is interesting from a zero RB perspective. We saw him turn in a couple of decent games last season. And then wide receiver, we've got Russell Gage. Love him. Also love Rondale Moore. I think Rondale Moore is a very intriguing high upside play at this point in time in the draft as well. Yeah, the pick I was going to make the call for went one slot there ahead. That was Chris Olave, who 
I think could end up being Aaron Rodgers wide receiver this year after the draft but Rondell Moore was the pick I was going to make the case for the other two players that I've been here and again this could come back to haunt us is Tua and Ryan Tannehill and then you mentioned Russell Gage but I think I'm going to go for Rondell Moore um, if you're happy to, to make that call I think with Moore heading into his second season there's like you know didn't work out as well as it could have last year but I do think that we're looking at situations where it's going to be better in 2022 I think he takes a step forward I think he wasn't used all that right but Christian Kirk not being there is is going to be a big boost to Rondell Moore. Sean uh, Siegel and Ben Gretsch on stealing bananas last week made the case for Rondell Moore and the breakout happening this year. Um, I still have a lot of faith that uh, it's, it's going to work out for him in Arizona. So I think the upside there going as our wide receiver five, I think is definitely in the mix. And uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling going one pick later. So it is interesting to see how some of these ADPs are settling after um these recent trades and so on like I, I know that Tyreek Hill is no longer in Kansas City but there is absolutely no chance after the Devontae Adams trade that we would see MBS going in the 10th round there is no chance I think the draft that we did um earlier this offseason probably that's probably about four weeks ago now Zach I, I think that did I can't remember if we took MVS or Lazard we targeted one of them late and I think one of them may have went on draft and I think MVS may have went on draft in that one so well you know I, I just think that the situation has changed but it hasn't changed as much as maybe people think he's gone to the Chiefs he he, he would not have been going in the 10th round if he was still with the Packers and they didn't have Devontae Adams so we'll play that place <laughs> up. We're, we're back on the clock and I did mention uh, you mentioned Russell Gage he was who I was hoping maybe would come back to this didn't come back Trevor Lawrence goes off the board I have two quarterbacks in mind here and it's uh, Tua and Ryan Tannehill are both the guys that I'm interested in I do think though the tiebreaker here for me is probably that we have AJ Brown and I think I would lean to Tannehill because of that I think he's the perfect kind of if you're looking to go late round quarterback or somewhat late round quarterback I think Tannehill is the the highest upset of those guys heading into the season so unless you want to swing it for for Tua I'm going to make the call for Tannehill here yeah, no, I, I would say let's just go ahead and go Tannehill here. We get the stack. I don't I don't necessarily want to be pursuing trying to jam in a stack with, with Tua later on in the draft. The, your your best option at this point in time is like someone like Cedric Wilson. So let's go ahead and go Tannehill here. We'll get him stacked up with A.J. Brown. Real quick, I also did notice MVS in our last draft uh, that we did with Sean went in the 19th round. He went the 1901. I, I knew it was getting pretty, getting pretty late when he went. So... You know, but that was also before the Devontae Adams trade, so lots of things have changed. But I'm going to pop a question up here from Philip Blackburn. Uh, he said, with hindsight, do we wish that we went Schultz and Prescott over Hawkinson and Dylan? For me, the answer to that would be no. I would much rather have the upside of Hawkinson, and we've seen how the draft has progressed as we went Walker or Walker and Dylan. I think if we go Dak there, I don't really see where we're targeting our running backs then through those next uh, couple of rounds so I, I would definitely would still rather the 2v2 of Hawkinson and Dillon over Schultz and Prescott um, and I, at the time that I was looking at the Prescott pick the next quarterback I was thinking was Brady followed by Aaron Rodgers so um, we do have a situation that I'm pretty happy with how I played it what's your thoughts Zach on on that one yeah, well, Hawkinson, I like just because I, I know that people are very hyped up on the Amon Ross St. Brown season that we had last year. And he could certainly be, you know, the, uh, another player who takes it the next step forward in year two. But I think there's also still a case to be made that there's a possibility that Hawkinson is more of the team's legitimate first target on the offense and not 
Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think that Hawkinson has a chance just with the high volume that he could see in 2022 to be well worth the pick here. Um, possibly even outperform Dalton Schultz. You know, we took Hawkinson and Schultz at the very next pick. I also think that the fact that we got Rodgers almost a full round later than his ADP based on what we're currently seeing right now, you know, it feels kind of good. I think A.J. Dillon is going to be a guy who's going to see a pretty decent split uh, in the backfield touches this season with Aaron Jones another year older. You seem kind of confident in, uh, in the possibilities of, of Dylan being a little bit more of a contributor heading into 2022 as well. Colin, I know you are the, uh, the boots on the ground Packers fan. So if anyone's going to make me feel confident about an AJ Dylan pick, it's going to be you. Um, so, so I like that pick and I like the way that, that Hawkinson season thus far is shaping up in terms of, I, I don't know how much legitimate competition he's going to have for targets, despite some of the Monroe St. Brown hype and things of that nature. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. So, no, I think overall there, there's a couple of picks there now that I, I would have preferred to get, but I think overall it's starting to shape up. It's going to be interesting now. Obviously, you get through those first 10, 11 rounds, there's a lot of things happening to see how it shakes out for the remainder of the draft. But in this particular draft, uh, it's going to be fun. I always like these rounds to see how it falls. It can be some days you get dealt the hand you want, some days you don't get dealt that hand at all. So it's going to be going to be interesting but we are into the 12th round two picks made that's kenny galladay jacoby myers where are you starting to to look here like obviously we don't want to spoil too many picks but when we're looking at how adp is shaking out and we have taken two tight ends so far one tight end i think could be interesting here for us based on how things have played out here so far and that is robert tonyan who is kind of going in this range or slightly later but the Packers tight end at the current moment in time working his way back of an injury but with having Aaron Rodgers there I think he could be somebody who could fit the mold here we do have Ronald Jones as well still in the mix at this point but where are we looking I know I know you've added another running back to the queue as well that I think is is quite interesting yeah, well, I think that there's a couple of different options that we need to start looking at here at running back in particular because we literally only have two. Um, we're pretty set at wide receiver right now. I think we've got, what's that, five, six wide receivers already set. We, we've got our wide receiver core pretty well hammered out. I think we still need at least a third tight end, but I don't think we need the rush to get that. But wide receiver, running back is where I think we need to kind of start taking some shots on. So Rashad White is a very interesting prospect out of Arizona State that a lot of players like. Um, another one that I that I personally like and I'm fine with doing here if we want to say a situation looks a little bit more certain right now is Ronald Jones um, recently signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think his ADP is one that could rise up even if it's over the course of the season with training camp hype and things of that nature. I'd probably be leaning more Ronald Jones than Rashad White just because of the situational uh, certainty with one compared to the other. But we got 19 seconds. What are you thinking? I think we just have to go with the bet here and I don't think that I can be in a draft where the option is a 50-50 call and that it's not Ronald Jones. Um, I think that, you know, Pat Corain, he's part of the Ronald Jones club as well. I think we'll we'll go Rojo. We have to, that's very much a brand (laughs) pick, but uh, I think where he lands with Kansas City, if things, things will probably not work out, I would say, if we look at it, you know, 70% of the time it's not going to work out, but that's 30% of the time he is going to be an rb1 this season if they lean towards having him uh, you know as a, a very frequent contributor the other player that i mentioned already if he comes back i think he's the one i'd be pitching for but i would also be interested in white but um yeah i think that's a that's a nice a nice pick up there at this point even if it is more so a fun pick but a fun pick that could work out very very well um as we head into the 2022 season um any other options that you're starting to think about for this 
and like we have our our two quarterbacks do you think we're we're going to just go with a two quarterback build here I don't think we should feel forced to go with three quarterbacks just given the draft capital we have on Aaron Rodgers at the 8 or 9 like if we use the eighth round pick here. If something were to happen and it doesn't work out with him, chances are between the mixture of draft capital and him going down, that your your team's probably not looking that great to begin with if you lose Rodgers over the course of the season. If if we were to take a shot, I think that what we're going to be afforded to do later on in the draft is take a shot on one of these rookie quarterbacks who's projected to go in the first round of this year's draft, but people are just literally completely fading these players into oblivion right now. I mean, you can go and get – potential first rounder like Sam Howe later on in the draft. You could go get someone like Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, all guys who are being, uh, excuse me, mocked or talked about as potential first round guys who, who, you know, no one's taking right now because their situations are just so uncertain that I think a, a educated bet on uncertainty working out for you in the later round would work out better for us in terms of a third <laughs> quarterback rather than nothing at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So we'll see here. We are uh, at the, we're up to the uh, 13.02. We will be picking at the 13.04. But yeah, looking through the, the draft boards, I think I'm happy here to really hold off and, and maybe get one of those rookies very, very late on. Um, mm-hmm. the, the other pick that I had, I'm uh, just checking here on the, the board as it continues to update. Um, do, do, do. We are on the yeah. clock. Yeah, that's what I was checking to see. No, we had a queue and the, the board was just taking a second update. <laughs> I had Robert Tonyan on the queue, went at the... Uh, 13.02 I think he would have been interesting to stack with Aaron Rodgers but I think it, the way things have played out I think the player that we mentioned as the 50-50 with Ronald Jones I think it's a, a no-brainer to go with Rashad White here at this point as he's as he's made it back to us. I would say Rashad White or just we have 30 seconds here. The other one I think is maybe worth kicking the tires on in a PPR league is also J.D. McKissick. Uh, he's not going to give you a lot of rushing upside, but he was on track to catch like another 70 or 80 balls this past season before he went down with the injury. Uh, Washington did bring him back. He's interesting, I think. But if you want to go with a guy we think has more upside overall, if he lands in the right situation, it would be Rashad White. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll go the rookie just because it's pre-draft, post-draft. You know, we're probably going to be going for McKissick. I think we'll, we'll take him here. And uh, the reason I do that is I think there will be hype after the draft wherever he lands. Like, let's just say he lands in Washington. I think that mm-hmm. people are automatically going to bump him to the second option ahead of McKissick. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and why and McKissick goes two picks later. So I think we're we're both on the same kind of page there. I, just when it's at this point, I would take a shot on the, the rookie. But, um, and you know, we'll see how that plays out. But McKissick, somebody who's very interesting, had a short uh, time with the Buffalo Bills this offseason. So yeah. He's back now with the Commanders. Uh, he just couldn't, he just wanted to be there in, in Washington, it seems. But um, yeah, it's going to be going to be fun. But just for anyone that's listening that hasn't hit that like button already, had hit that like button, we would very much appreciate that. We are over the halfway point off the draft and we're playing out well. Just to recap our team so far, we have Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, T.J. Hawkinson, Elijah Moore, Kenneth Walker, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Rodgers, Albert Okoabunam, uh, Rondell Moore, Ryan Tannehill, Ronald Jones, and Rashad White so far. So we have four running backs, two tight ends, two quarterbacks, and we have our five, five wide receivers. So lots of options how we can go in these coming rounds. I would be interested for anyone listening in if they want to hit us in the chat as well with what they think uh, some of the moves we need to make here are. I think we're very balanced so far with how things have played out throughout the draft, but maybe there's somebody thinking that we need to get that third quarterback. Maybe somebody thinks that we 
need to stick to a, a two quarterback two tight end build and, and just start to focus again on the, the wide receiver position let us know and uh, we'll discuss through some of those but again hit that like button and if you haven't hit that subscribe button already hit the subscribe button we'd really appreciate that so we are into a couple of rounds here that i think sometimes can be where it is won or lost there can be a little bit of um you know a no man's land i guess when we're trying to make these picks adp can get skewed quite a bit um, any people in this round and i know we're over kind of a uh, half round away from our pick is it, have you anyone though maybe even if you want to put them into the the queue that you're you're very interested in this range i have somebody who could be intriguing based on our build so far but um i'll let you take the floor for us yeah so so first of all i am i am throwing a bunch of quarterbacks in here but that's for nothing in the immediate future this is just making <laughs> sure we don't making sure we don't forget about these guys um one player who I think is interesting just because he hasn't ended on a team yet. I, he's certainly going to be on a team this upcoming season um, is, is I'll just say it's Jarvis Landry. I think he's somebody who should probably be talked about as a potential value at this point in time in the draft. As we head into what would be the 14th round, if we were to get him, I think a uh, 14th round Jarvis Landry would, would probably feel like a steal in most seasons. So I think he's a, a very interesting player. Can we, can we take Jarvis Landry after he cost us the top spot in the basketball tournament last year on Monday Night Football? No. Look, we can't. We what, can't was we, it? I think maybe more. It might have been Baker Mayfield more than Jarvis Landry, but. Oh, I mean, everything's Baker Mayfield's fault, so it's probably that. But you, know, we we can't hold on to um onto recency bias, Colin. We know that overall, <laughs> Jarvis Landry is a nice player. We know that he's good. Uh, so I, I I think he's a nice value here. And then I think we have also a couple of rookies who, if we were to take them, these, these are, again, these are more bets on upside, but these are guys who could quite literally walk into situations as uh, as being their respective teams. Um, maybe not quite wide receiver one, but but wide receiver two, they'll, they'll probably be on the field sooner rather than later. Um, I'm thinking of guys like George's, George Pickens, uh, North Dakota State's Christian Watson. Uh, Pickens probably isn't going to be a first-round wide receiver. He has a very good chance of being a second-round wide receiver. Christian Watson is a legitimate size-speed uh, freak. He just went, so, so whoever is, is watching this knows this as well. Um, but but Christian Watson is a guy who I like. But George Pickens is another guy who I like. We need to rearrange this board a little bit now that we are on the clock. Where are you leaning with these picks? Certainly we're not taking up the quarterbacks I have listed at the top of the Yeah, story. there's a few guys there that I think Julio Jones is still there. You mentioned free agents, but Sky Moore is there and LaVisca Chanel's there and Jameson Crowder. And I think if I was ranking them at the moment, I'd probably take um Sky Moore. I'd probably go Visca, Julio, Sky Moore, and Crowder, but I would be going for one of the wide receivers at this point. I'll I'll leave it up to you as to which one we had. I mean, I mean, Crowder, I think we had 19 seconds here. Crowder just kind of stands out to me as a potentially very safe pick. Um, I know that safety's not going to necessarily win you championships, but I think we have enough guys we can also take shots on later on who have, you know, higher upside. So I kind of like Crowder here. Let's do it. I think that the other three guys, I think, look, I don't know if people are listening to this while they're doing their drafts as well, but I feel like one of those other three guys is who I'm going to look to get in the, the next round. I don't know. If you're, are you out on any of them? Like, I'm not really actively trying to target Julio Jones, but like, I think he ends up on a roster, and like, all of a sudden, like, I haven't seen many reports linking him with Green Bay, but obviously Matt Ryan now is in Indianapolis. Like, if he ends up on one of those rosters, all of a sudden he's a, you know, not a major player, but he's somebody who's going now in the 15th, 16th round who 
is very very interesting then at that point so i also think that the situation with Laviska probably couldn't went much worse last year it was an absolute dumpster fire i don't think anyone has much positive to say about last season for the jacksonville jaguars was it trevor lawrence was it Laviska chanel was it the coaching staff how did all that play out and whose fault was it like it may be a case that Laviska chanel is just not going to make it in the nfl but i think that he's he's quite interesting so we're one pick away we have those three guys and chanel moore and jones would you have a preference if all three of them get there have you a preference over which one we'll go for and, and all three of them are there at this point uh, for me it would be sky Moore, just because there's obviously a lot of the pre-draft type surrounding him we know that he was explosive uh in college i believe it was western michigan now as I'm, I'm i'm pulling things just completely out of the air here but Sky Moore would be the wide receiver for me because I don't, I feel like I don't need to quite worry about his situation as much. It's going to take a team trading for LaVisca Chanel to get him off the Jaguars. And if he stays with the Jaguars, it's going to take him cracking a roster that's out there, adding wide receivers uh, in the offseason. So Sky Moore is a player who is yet another guy. I think his ADP could rise if he lands in the right situation. And I think with the wide receivers that we have, we afford ourselves the opportunity to take a gamble on someone like Sky Moore landing in an ideal spot and, and, and jumping up boards and getting him at a value. So for me, it's Sky Moore. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I hadn't a strong preference there, so I was going to let you do the tiebreaker, whichever way you preferred it. And sometimes it can be tricky. Sometimes it's the person you haven't seen fail in the NFL versus Levesque Chenault and, and how it goes. But yeah, I think um, I think Julio could still be very interesting. Chenault did go with the next pick. So going in this range at the moment, and you know, we're into the 15th round and there's, a lot of a lot of flexibility and a lot of fluctuation with the ADPs in this range. So we're going to see how it plays out. You know, see if any of these guys that we're interested in do get back to us. There's a lot of guys still there, like even somebody like Devontae Parker, who obviously moved to the the Patriots over the the last couple of days. Um, Odell Beckham is still there. Um, like you know, lots of different options that that may turn out to be nothing this season, but feels like there is still a chance that that things could click in the right direction for them just looking here to see i think there's one other person that uh we'll see we'll see i might keep this one under wraps for another uh mend or two um but no it it looks like he is uh he's gone off the board as well um trying to track through these as you're as we're talking through them can be tricky as well at times but yeah let's see let's see how it plays out over the the next round or two here but we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, any, anything standing out for you in any of the other builds so far as we have a little bit of time here to reflect? Um, any of the, the picks, you know, I'm just going to scroll back up here so the the listeners can can view it as well, but anything standing out? There's some stranger builds I think coming together here. Yeah, well, I'm just this is this is my first time really looking at anyone else's bill with the, that critical of an eye. Um, I, I mean, I think the 101 is really just kind of an interesting build. You're talking about a team that has two wide receivers through the first eight rounds of the draft with four running backs. Um, that 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 could lend its way to some tough sledding. I, th- I think at some point in time, uh, you know, the, the, the teams I think that I, I really like, I actually like Muzio's teams a little bit here out of the 108, Justin Jefferson. We debated taking him at the 104. He slipped all the way to 108. He got him. He got Joe Mixon um, and kind of is utilizing Mixon as the, uh, as the hero RB, the modified zero RB, I guess you could say, because then he waits until round eight to get his next running back, and then he hammers uh, running back in four of his next five picks there. With Miles Sanders, Isaiah Spiller, Alexander Madison, and Marlon Mack, I think are all some some decent gambles on, on players uh, that you know could certainly work out to go uh, along with Joe Mixon at, at his, as his RB one. I really like Traylon Burks as well, so um, I, I like the way some of what Muzio is doing is shaping up there. Um, Mad Park three, he's got Javante Williams. He, he's the one that got the fifth round Ezekiel Elliott, which you're saying might be a complete and total value if that ends up being the case. A, uh, a Williams and Zeke stack could be could be very nice, and then he's got you know uh, five very good wide receivers and Diggs, Evans, McLaurin. Sutton and Thielen, so I like that as well. I think he also has a very solid core of three tight ends for a guy who faded tight end until um, the the ninth round. That's when he got his first tight end, Rob Gronkowski. So I thought that looks very nice as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the team, I think Muzio's team and the team after him in the ninth slot are very interesting. The one you mentioned, Mad Park 3. Um, overall, like very solid constructions with how things are built. They have a good balance um throughout that roster team nine just i did mention when you get into that part where you fade that top end uh tight end and then you're kind of trying to fit in you know two or three guys in quick succession can just take the construction out of it a little bit for you but overall yeah pretty pretty solid builds there i think i I like the two of those some very heavy running back teams which obviously help us out as well but um as we look through here uh julio jones did not go off the board i believe still available for us i I think in the 16th round, it's, it's worth a shot at this point. Um, yeah. How do you feel about it? The other guy who's there, who's a veteran coming back off injuries, Odell Beckham. Um, 
just seems like these guys are a lot later than some of the options going ahead of them, even if they're not injured or are not very good. Yeah, no, for me, it would be Julio Jones here. I, th- I think that on the right situation, he could he could be a decent wide receiver too. Um, that's going to still give us some decent weeks. So so I would go ahead and go with Julio Jones here. We saw James uh, Washington go just before Julio, which that wouldn't be what I'm doing. So I, I, I'm fine with Julio Jones here and, and, you know, banking on something hitting at this point in time. Let's make it happen. Um, going to be interesting now. Obviously, we do have four running backs. We are going to need to bolster that a little bit. Um couple of uh, interesting options coming up here, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. How many, if we're looking at our build, how many are you thinking that we, we should really be looking to get here? Do you think it's five running backs, or do you think we, we should be looking to get six in there? I would lean more towards six running backs for a couple of reasons, one of them being that we currently have four running backs. Two of them are rookies. They're you know somewhat question marks. Kenneth Walker probably less or so, but but Rashad White could still end up being a bit of a question mark. I I, I think getting to six running backs with um, whether whether they're established veterans or just more rookies who we think have a chance to land in more optimal situations come the NFL draft, I think is kind of the way to go there. So I it it would still be six running backs for me here. I think just because we have two rookies here, even Ronald Jones, I think. I, I like Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones could end up being the starter come week one for Kansas City. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that at any point in time right now, Kansas City feels like they need to stick with, uh, with Ceh. But we're on, we're back on the clock here. So do we want to go running back here? Do we want to go someone like an OBJ? Um, we, we, we've got three picks left. That we have four picks left to make. I think we also need a third tight end. Am I, am I incorrect on in that? We still need a third tight end as well. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know about the third tight end, but I do think we should go running back here. And the options I have are Kenyon Drake, Deontay Foreman, Kyron Williams, and probably then Tyler Algier, two of those being rookies. Leave it open to you as to which one you prefer to, to give the edge to. Man, it gets ugly out here quickly. Uh, for me, it would be Kenyon Drake. Foreman's not going to get a huge role behind uh, Christian McCaffrey, so that would ding him a little bit for me. So I probably would lean to drake or one of the rookies yeah let's go with Kenyon drake i went ahead and just selected him um I, I, i'm with you on the foreman take i i, I think he's going to have tough room to run i'm not sure that we can even completely rule out chuba hubbard having a role if if christian mccaffrey were to go down i i thought i thought foreman looked fantastic last year down the stretch when he was you know filling in kind of for derrick henry but um obviously yes going behind christian mccaffrey's going to be tricky as well so i was hoping for a different landing spot for him but yeah that that didn't help so you know i think it was important there to add him in again because there is a little bit more of a tear break when it gets to that point my hope now would be that one of those rookies lasts all the way back to us and we can add one of those in in the next round you were mentioning the tight end approach at the moment i i, I don't know i'm contemplating sitting at uh Two, two quarterbacks, two tight ends. We have three selections left. We've talked about probably needing at least one more running back. So that leaves us with two spots. But are you thinking we go and get a, a quarterback, tight end, and running back over the last couple of stretch here? I, I think that's certainly possible. So let me just let me just so we have eight wide receivers. I think we could probably mutually agree we don't necessarily need a ninth wide receiver. We can we can probably sit on on eight wide receivers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think we have flexibility here, but it's just depending on how strongly you feel about uh, which direction we want to go. Looking at you know tight end at the moment, like Trey McBride's there, obviously the rookie tight end. We don't know where he's going to land, but 
he would be the the rookie option if we go for him but we look down through the rest of the list here i i don't see a name you know it's you know adam treitman moali cox johnny smith oj howard cameron brett harrison bryant donald parham jared cook like you know there's there's not options there that are really of any interest to me is is there any uh, tight ends there that you're looking at and saying yeah let's let's try and add him and probably for me out to the trey mcbride who i'm you know i think he'll be fine but i i don't know if he's going to have year one upside and we know that and we know that rookie tight ends generally have a difficult uh you know adjustment to the nfl and don't always break out right when we need them to i, th- I think the fact that we have two tight ends already jammed into our top 10 picks kind of allows us the opportunity to not get another tight end it would be nice i guess to to maybe for from a luxury standpoint to have that third tight end but if if something happens with these guys if tj Hawkinson goes down we have a top four pick that's out and, and we kind of burnt that i don't know that any of these guys are going to adequately supplement that tight end it's just kind of looking at essentially what we're drafting is a body to fill uh, a vacated spot if someone goes down so i don't i don't think we need to go with third tight end if we don't want to do that um and even if we did we can we can take a guy late in the last round if we want to address the running back and quarterback situation with some of our earlier remaining picks um but i think yeah. for now we could probably say that we're okay with um with tight end and just see what happens but couple running backs who I do like here. I went ahead and added one uh, who we could probably take close to last round if we wanted to. I'm just looking to yep. see a couple other guys. Yeah, well, the, the, if, you're, if you're looking at the guy who I think it is, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll just say it. It's Missouri's Tyler Beatty. I, I think Tyler yeah. Beatty has a chance to to maybe be very you're gonna, you're, you're, but solo. You're Just by yourself, you're going to raise his ADP. You did make the pitch for him when you drafted me and Sean as well. And since that, his ADP has already risen. So, yeah, I think there's three three rookies that are, are going to come up here, and I guess, you know, we can mention them. It's, it's Kyron Williams, uh, Tyler Algier, and then uh, Tyler Beatty. And um, then we have, we're have we looking pretty much rookies all the way here at this point at quarterback, tight end, and, and running back. Looking through the veterans, you know, if we're looking at, I, I know we're talking running backs, we'll bounce back to that. But, you know, we're looking at the likes of Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, R- Drew Locke is probably like out of them options, maybe the most preferable, which is showing how those options are are playing out. And then you know, I, I think you have to look to the rookies and the upside. And um, when we look then at the the running back position again, uh, it's it's you know Chuba Hubbard who you mentioned is there, Zach Moss is there, Rex Burkhead's there. I, I think again we have to be looking towards the uh rookies as well there so we are back on the clock so i want to let you make your pitch as to, to which way you feel that we we should lean here all right so we know we're not going tight and we know we're not going wide receiver if if we wanted to go with quarterback here i would probably be leaning at this point in time with with kenny pickett i i, I think i'm out on all the veterans here at this point in time. I'd rather go with a little bit of an unknown upside kind of guy. So Kenny Pickett would probably be my guy there. He has a potential to be the first quarterback off the board. If I'm looking at running back, Kyron Williams in that really slow 40 time scares me off. I think Pierre Strong is an interesting rookie. But then we also have a couple of vets um, who are probably actually RB2s on their teams right now who could fall into a role that we're, we're not you know, adjusting for right now. So let's can we go Pickett just because of, of time constraints and we'll work our way back? Yeah, do you mean because we have four seconds left? Does time yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would tend to be a time constraint. I'm working my way through. I'm working my way through it. So we landed on the. We're just we're, we're just getting into like preseason form at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, uh, th- this is only our second time doing one of these together, so it, it it takes a second. But 
I don't think a three quarterback build is bad here. Uh, you know, like I said, at this point in time, if we did it, I thought that would be appropriate to wait until the later rounds to get somebody, um, you know, who who probably has a chance to to be a starter right away, but is one of those rookies, but that's you know an unknown that is currently suppressing his price. Kenny Pickett's ADP is going to rise in all likelihood the second he gets drafted by a team. He's not going to be 18th round value all season, so we get him here, and we see what happens. And best case scenario for us. He's better than Ryan Tannehill, and if something happens to Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Pickett ends up being a value. Worst-case scenario, you know, Aaron Rodgers is healthy, and we we use the 18th-round pick on a quarterback we didn't really need, which which I think is is probably okay in this situation. And one thing you can't factor in at this point of the year, which is obviously it's a benefit to some people, whoever goes on and wins it, and it's not good for other people, but when we look at we don't know the bye weeks at this point and we obviously don't know the landing spots of some of these rookies anyway so when we have a situation where you have two quarterbacks there's a potential for like the packers and the uh, titans to have the same bye week as the season was on and then that's an automatic zero at the quarterback that week or if you have one of these guys get injured then obviously whenever the other guy's on the the bye it's a, a zero so i do think it gives you some insurance there the same thing could happen to us at the tight end position but I'm happy as as we move forward. I think now when we look, I know you've added Jared Patterson to our queue. Where are we looking? I think we should we should slot in with a running back here. That gives us then the opportunity to just go with with best option available in the last round. Yeah. So the reason I put Patterson in here, we got 40, 40 seconds here. The reason I put Patterson in here, he is probably the likely running back to to Antonio Gibson should Gibson go down. I don't see McKissick taking the workload. I think Patterson was very productive in college, had a really good preseason where he was able to make the Washington football team. So Patterson is kind of a guy I'm drafting is the potential uh, early down back. If Gibson, who has dealt with injuries in the past before goes down, I think he might have a little bit more certainty in some of these other rookies we'd be chasing later. I'll, I'll make a deal with you. If we take one of the rookies now and Patterson's there in the 20th round, I'll let you pick him. All right, pick your rookie then. We got six seconds. Uh, go Williams. Okay. We've already we've already got a discount we just, when we drafted him in the last draft. <laughs> we, yeah, big time discount. Well, and that's the thing too. Let me let me find that real quickly because it's funny you say that. I feel like we got Kyron Williams. Did we get him like crazy high in the first draft? Or was it not? Yeah. I think it might have been like thirteenth round, no. Twelfth round, Kyron Williams. Now we got him in the nineteenth round. So the reason that basically happened, if you haven't been tracking too closely with the, the NFL draft and the combine, things of that nature, but um, he runs very slow. Yes, the the the, <laughs> the 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 thing that has knocked Kyron Williams back a little bit is the fact that Colin and I are faster than him, and and that's not good if you're an NFL running back to have two fantasy analysts who are faster than you as a running back. So um, that has unfortunately suppressed Kyron Williams just a little bit. Um, a lot to like about his profile prior to him running the 40-yard draft. He was a player who was viewed to be a three-down back. He could catch passes. He could run very well. I think he had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons in Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me pull that up here real quick just to make sure I'm not giving out false information. Yeah, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, back-to-back catches, seasons of 35 or more receptions in Notre Dame. Like Kyron Williams profiled very well prior to the NFL scouting combine. Then he went, looked like he was running in quicksand, and now we see that he's dropping <laughs> almost a seven, almost a full seven rounds of ADP here in our FFPC best ball draft. So uh, life comes at you fast if you are indeed um, uh, Kyron Williams, and now we're going to try to reap the benefits of that a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. Certainly at this point in time, we're just taking educated guesses again on, on guys we're hoping could land in decent spots. Kyron Williams is going to have an uphill battle, I think, but um 
you do you want to stick with him though? So so do you have anything in particular you like about him, Colm, or are you just kind of well you kind of laid out the case. Like outside of the 40 yard dash, he has everything you kind of want. So um he has like obviously if he's a little bit slower, but he he's likely to be the third or fourth running back selected in this draft, which obviously is going to be of a benefit to him in terms of his fantasy ADP and his fantasy value. And I think if you're getting him in the second last round here, like, you know, he, he goes one pick after Duke Johnson, who we kind of did talk a little bit about the Buffalo situation earlier, but it feels like he's not going to be the main guy there. He was basically out of the league, got a chance with Miami last year. Do we want to take a shot? It's again that thing of the person you don't know or the thing you haven't seen, but do you want to take the chance on Kyrie Williams, who ran a little bit slower than people were expecting, or do you want to go with Duke Johnson? Uh, you know, it's that that sort of thing. Um, so I think I'm still happy to to take shots. Look, in in two weeks we could say he went on draft, or in four weeks we could say he went undrafted and like nobody wants him. But we could also say that he went in the third round and and people are very interested based on the landing spot. So at this point, there's a like it's kind of speculation. You're getting a discount on where we thought at that time. It didn't feel like we took him early in that previous draft. So in this particular draft now. You know, I, I feel like let's take another shot, and it's the same. Sometimes uh, I know people involved in the stock. Like if you're involved in the stock market, sometimes like you're trying to buy that dip. You know, <laughs> this thing could uh, move up again, and he could be back in the you know 14th round in a couple of weeks, and again that's a a boost to your your team. So we'll see how that plays out. I know you're like I'm sure your nerves are tingling at this point. Your anticipation's building. We are uh, into the 20th round. We're we're kind of five picks away, and jared patterson is still on the board I, I don't think he has a i'm just going to check here i don't think he has an adp that is taking him off the board in these drafts so let me just have a check here um yeah over the last two weeks he, he has gone on drafted in the 20 round draft so how are you feeling as we're a couple of picks away here and um, what what will your reaction be if he is gone before you have the opportunity to select him at least we got listeners baby <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you like who would you rather have uh kareen williams or uh or Jared Patterson, but I know last year you were making the pitch for Jared Patterson in training camp, and obviously that mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, uh, something that he, he did make that roster. The other thing I want to say is uh, to anyone listening in, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, much appreciated. Give us a, a comment there if you have been there from beginning to end. I know we probably have some people who have sat through the entire uh, draft as we've been going almost 90 minutes at this point. So thanks to everyone watching in. But if you have stayed through the whole thing, you you truly are a, an OG here for, for the road of his streams. Much, much appreciated. We do intend to continue to, to ramp up our drafts over the the next couple of weeks next couple of months we will be doing a lot of these we're going to plan to do some ffpc drafts underdog drafts somebody asked us earlier with some DraftKings drafts we'll be jumping into all of those and and hopefully having some fun as we draft and we'll try and get a couple of listener leagues uh, i know i mentioned about the road of his triflex leagues over at the ffpc on saturday's road of his overtime podcast and i've had five or six people uh, email across to say they're interested so it looks like we'll be setting up one of them but last year we had a number of best ball drafts for for the listeners we even had some tournament drafts that were exclusive to rotoviz overtime listeners so we'll try and get some of them coming back our way this season so just hit me up if you're interested i guess we'll give a plug as well uh give zach a follow on twitter what is the twitter i'd say zk underscore ffb yeah at, at zk underscore ffb uh we'll probably go ahead and post a, uh, a, yeah it's the only thing i know by heart i don't even know my own phone number um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mine's is at overtime Ireland. But the big news off the draft, everyone has sat through the 20 rounds. 
the key pick, the winning pick, come week 18 or week 17, whenever this runs out this season, Jared Patterson has made the roster. He has he has made the roster. He got on the roster. Um, one of my favorite Jared Patterson memories from last from last season was, you, has that, has Jared Patterson any favorite even any favorite Jared Patterson memories? <laughs> my favorite Jared Patterson memory indirectly involves Jared Patterson. When I mentioned on Twitter that if Antonio Gibson were to go down with the injury, it's not going to be JD McKissick seeing the lion's share of the carries. It's going to be uh, Jared Patterson and JD McKissick. Apparently, a searcher of his own name on Twitter found it and liked it, and uh, <laughs> and that was fun. I don't know if he liked it because he was saying like, "Yeah, you're right," but I, I am I, I'm big Jared Patterson guy. I mean, he was a producer at University of Buffalo, had some absolutely crazy games, tons of touchdowns. Um, I, I don't know that Washington's going to do a whole lot to address its running back uh, situation this this offseason in the draft. So, uh, assuming that it's going to be Gibson, McKissick, Patterson. If, if something happens that goes down, it, it's going to be Patterson, I think, seeing the the at least the early down work with McKissick maybe working in on the pass catching role. So um, I would say if, if, if you doubt Jerry Patterson, say what you want. But let's, it's a long season. Let's see how it unfolds. It is a long season, but we'll uh, we'll jump back. Uh, we have our draft. We'll do a quick review here, Zach, off the, the draft board, but we'll uh we'll jump back into it but no a lot of fun wrapping wrapping through that it is a quick hour and a half uh, it is nice when you have that 60 minute timer it allows us a little bit more time to kind of talk through <laughs> it's not as rushed the 30 second clock the other thing that's nice is if you have that pick between four and eight if you are trying anyone that's trying to do a live stream and you're drafting it is nice to have that little bit of breathing room between picks when you're at the turn or you're at the you know 102 111 those sort of picks it's it's pretty rapid fire but when we look at the roster i'll call through it um we did go jamar chase at 104 aj brown t higgins ty hawkinson elijah moore i don't think we could pre- i don't think we could be much happier than how that really did play out for us there i think we pretty much got all the guys that we were targeting the only player that you had mentioned that we didn't get then was uh, patrick mahomes was somebody who you mentioned in the, the fourth round but then the fifth round he was gone we took elijah moore kenneth walker uh, AJ Dillon, both are running backs to set things up. Aaron Rodgers, Albert Okubunum. Then we had Rondell Moore, Matt, or sorry, Ryan Tannehill, um, Ronald Jones, Rashad White, then Jamison Crowder, Sky Moore, Julio Jones. So a couple of veterans to go with some rookies there at that point. Um, and then we have Kenyon Drake, Kenny Pickett, and we have Kyron Williams. And we had the key piece then at the end and Jared Patterson. But looking through it, there's, I, I think we have a good blend of uh, age you know we have the vets in there we have you know people going into their second year we also have those rookies so i think there's a lot of uh balance in the team and then across positions pretty balanced as well so the only thing i guess that we didn't get that you had mentioned is a, a third tight end so how are you feeling about that roster overall uh yeah ov- overall i like our roster i mean we we didn't get the third tight end but i think the one thing that's important to remember when you're drafting best ball is to somewhat map out the scenario in which your team either wins or loses in this thing. And and that's going to be part of it is, is knowing that based on how you're investing your draft capital, trying to shore up those play, players behind said pick is, is essentially kind of a bet against yourself if something doesn't work out. In our case, we took two tight ends and with our first 10 picks, um, you know, and Albert O, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on, on the other one right now. Who was it? Albert O. TJ Hawkinson. And TJ Hawkinson. So we, we got Hawkinson and Albert O 
two picks, both in the top 10. Um, we're, the reason we take these guys is because we think that they're going to end up being very good players at the position. Probably in the hopefully we're drafting two top 12 tight ends really in a perfect world. You don't even want to be top 12. You want to be higher than that because it's a position that doesn't offer a lot. So we might be trying to draft for, you know, these guys. Hopefully they're going to be top six or better, um, which may be a little bit bold for uh, Alberto. But I don't think it's out of, out of the question once we see how he starts working with Russell Wilson a little bit. So uh, trying to shore up those tight end positions late in the draft. It, it feels kind of like empty pick because you know it's probably not going to yield much of a result. And then on top of that, if they are making your lineup, it's probably because something didn't happen with one of your top ten picks, um, which, which which may or may not you know end well for you to begin with. So I'm fine with only going two tight ends. It's certainly not something I'm doing a whole lot of. I think usually I am going with three tight ends, uh, just because the FFPC leagues do offer that that tight end premium scoring, which which makes uh, you know for interesting case for getting that guy you think may have some sneaky upside who has fallen a bit, but. We don't really know a lot about some of the guys who are hanging around late or there's not a lot of justifiable reason to really like them and invest a pick on that spot right now. So the fact that we have two top 10 tight ends um, in terms of, of draft capital, I, I think is fine right now. Like we get our tight ends, we put them in there, we hope for the best, and we address situations that, that we think maybe have a greater weakness. In our case, it was running back, obviously being zero RB, um, and we, and we Build up a good running back core that that is going to center on Jared Patterson, which is really nice. So, um, <laughs> so when you have Jared Patterson, you can't fail. Yeah, no, I I would have to agree there. That's the that's the key pick. The other thing I would mention um, as we go through it, I think overall, like there's a couple of tweaks we potentially could have made, but I, I'm pretty happy. You know, you mentioned the one thing there is kind of, and for anyone that hasn't checked out the series last year, myself and Zach did the road of his best ball podcast check that out on its own feed but we are posting those shows again they are evergreen shows we did talk a lot about you know how to set up your draft and how to approach these strategies but one of the episodes we do talk about is reverse engineering your draft and looking at it from whether it's a 28 round draft or a 20 round draft and setting up who you think will be available in those rounds and that makes it a lot easier than to pivot if you have to pivot but it also gives you an idea how your roster is going to look so you can make those constructions so we did go a little bit of a zero RB build here. We did take two in the sixth and seventh round. So some people might you know, might say that that isn't a zero RB build. It's a little bit too early, but I think the way it's worked out here has worked out for us. Some interest in other builds. Uh, I was talking during it about team five. They had gone tight end, tight end, four running backs, two quarterbacks, one tight end. So true nine rounds, they had four running backs, three tight ends and two quarterbacks. But they only took one running back after the ninth round, and they took 10 wide receivers. So they went Olave, Melvin Garden, Jameson Williams, Corey Davis, Christian Watson, uh, Levesque Chanel, James Washington, Odell Beckham, Kendrick Bourne, Braxton Berrios, St. Jones. So they they done a kind of a reverse zero RB draft, if you want to call it that, but an interesting build. But the one thing I, I do like about it is they went in, it appears, with a strategy. That doesn't look like something that was built on the fly. That looks like something that they had intended to do from the outset. And I'm always looking at roster constructions and how people may have intended to go with that build. And I'm, I'm very intrigued by that build overall um, to see how it plays out. So I think overall we were in a draft room here. We didn't mention at the start, quite a, a strong draft room. Um, you know, an, an FFPC circle. So it was a good challenge and I really enjoyed doing that draft, but very pleased with how it has played out. I will give a plug as we get ready to wrap up today's show. Make sure you do check out the Road of His Best Ball podcast. We will have a lot more content coming your way from a best ball perspective. 
when there is baseball content on the other podcast as well, like Stealing Bananas. If you head on over to the Road of His Baseball podcast feed at the moment, you'll see Friday Stealing Bananas is the first part of a baseball draft that Sean Siegel and Ben Gretz did over the last couple of days. Part two of that will go up then on Stealing Bananas, but it'll also go up on the baseball feed. So subscribe to the baseball feed. That is the Road of His Baseball show. And then, of course, we'll have some drafts coming your way over here on youtube as well so thank you for everyone who did tune in stayed along listened in hopefully you have enjoyed it if you're listening in after the fact and you've got to this point if you're listening right now and you've got to this point you've been with us for an hour and 40 minutes we really do appreciate your time and tuning in any feedback you have for us on how to improve the shows what drafts you'd like to see us do you want us to see more ffpc drafts do you want to see underdog drafts what do you want to see put it in the comments section let us know you can grade the draft as well. How did our draft board go? Did did you think it was terrible? Did you think it was good? Give us a grade. Drop it in the comments below. What picks would you have changed? And I will be uh, reading those comments then, and, and I'll reply to them as well, give you some thoughts on them. And maybe even some of those might lead to conversation points in some of our upcoming Rotoviz podcasts as well. So thank you very much for everyone who listened in. Make sure, again, you check out Zach on Twitter, at ZK underscore FFB. You can follow me at Rotoviz Overtime. Um, and that is probably what we're going to wrap things up on. But Zach, anything you want to add in before we uh, we, we close it off here? No. Uh, thanks to everyone for sticking with us. It was a, it was a long episode. We got through it, and uh, we we're twenty five thousand dollars richer this time next year. So, yeah, so that, that's the hope. Uh, hopefully, hopefully people are streaming. Hopefully, people are streaming this, and uh, you know, let's say January twenty twenty three, and they're like, these guys, they were on point with that Jared Patterson pick. How did they get Jared Patterson in the twentieth round? After he scores four touchdowns on on, on week fifteen, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just outside of DC. I I got the boots on the ground takes. I I, I know what's happening here in our nation's capital, and it is in fact <laughs> an eventual Jared Patterson season. So uh, that yeah, is, just, it's, it's it's just around the corner. Take my I, I, don't, I guess we I, I I said that Rojo might have that breakout. I give him thirty percent chance of the breakout in KC. So. I don't know, a Jared Patterson breakout may still be more optimistic. Once again, thank you to everyone who listened in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on both the Best Ball podcast feed and the Road of His YouTube channel. And until we're back with another show, have a good one.